0: This in a, in a, in a, to frame it in a very good way, that it inspires you, it makes you understand what, who you are in Christ, rather than end up in fear. Do you understand? Because I, I know that many times people end up in fear when they learn about spiritual things, and that's because it's not been framed right, it's not been spoken right. But you have to speak of this in the light of Jesus. There is no point in learning about this if it doesn't make you appreciate more the power that is in Christ. There is literally no point. There is no point in you going into this, you know, with a Harry Potter mentality. You know? It it doesn't work. It, it will just destroy you, it will leave you in fear, you it will leave you in a place where you know you freak out because somebody said there was a demon somewhere that did something. You know? This should be understood in the in the light of what Jesus has done. Do you guys understand? Mm-hmm. So this if if I leave you after this series, if I leave you not appreciating more. The power that is in Christ and the power that is in your mouth because you are in Christ, then I haven't done a good job. You can fire me, you can hire Bright. Fine, I'll be alright with that. Amen. I'll be very fine with that. Amen. But I know we have to appreciate even more the love of Christ and, and the power of Christ. And, and, you know, we will understand this scripture. There's a massive scripture in the Bible, when, which we don't fully understand in First John, when John writes and he says, Behold how, and you know, this John chapter 5, I'm trying to remember it. It says, not behold how good a it is. But, but when he says, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us to be called the children of God. It's like it's such great love. These kind of things make you appreciate how much you are loved. Amen. Awesome. So last week we we introduced that. I talked to you about, I'm retrospectively calling what I was sharing last week, you are stronger. Because we ended up there. Understanding that Christ said, he that is stronger is here. Amen. Amen. And so Jesus is stronger. Today, I, I want to take you a bit further as we talk in the next this this second part. I'm talking about a subject talking of overcoming the world. Amen. Amen. Overcoming the world. The world. The world. It is still it is still the topic of demonology and ekbalo. You understand ekbalo? The Greek word means to expel demons. They shall expel. Overcoming the world. Let's turn to first John chapter four verse four. And that's where my subject comes from. First John chapter four, verse four. And I continue. I'm gonna read again from the Passion Translation. It says, Little children you can be certain that you belong to God and have conquered them. For the one who is living in you is far greater than the one who is in the world. So i have just extracted that a little bit. It's a long story in there. But John's writing, and he's talking about, you know, this is, this is a scripture where he talks about writing to the fathers, he writes to the, to, to the mothers, he writes to the children, he writes to the young men, And now, the term there that he's using when he says, little children, you can be certain that you belong to God and have conquered them. Okay, You have overcome the world. Why have you overcome the world? He says, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That's where we want to be today. Amen. Amen. Oh God, we pray in the name of Jesus for revelation, for understanding for clarity and just for utterance of your word, the way your word should be spoken. Amen. Amen. So, first thing that I want to talk about is, when you look at that scripture, in you is Jesus and his kingdom, and then around you is the world. Did you get that? It says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So number one, in you is Christ and his kingdom. Hello. Uh. The Bible says it pleases the Father to give you the kingdom. One. It also says the kingdom of God is within you. Two. So in you is the king and his kingdom. I was sharing last week. I said everywhere you go is at least you are carrying that one square foot of, of the kingdom or two square feet i don't know no matter it doesn't matter how you measure yourself but they said that space is your king is the kingdom of god yeah. hello uh-huh so in you is the kingdom of god in you is christ the king around you is the world i talked about in you a bit last week when i talked about he that is in you is stronger Jesus is above in every way. I talked to you, I said, even before Jesus died on the cross, he was above the devil and his demons. Mm-hmm. I talked to you that even when Satan, before he fell from heaven, he was still under Jesus because Jesus is God. Yeah. Jesus has always been God. And therefore, he outranks the devil every time. Jesus has always been God, and then if you believe in Ezekiel 28 and believe that the devil used to be an angel, then the devil was an angel and not God. So he was still under Jesus. Hello? Hi. So when Jesus said, I am plundering him because I have bound the strong man, it's very clear. Jesus has always been stronger than the devil. And even you, when you begin to believe in Christ, He says He gives you power. He gives you authority. He seats you in Himself. So you become also somebody that sits in His authority, operates in His authority. It makes you stronger. That's where we ended. You are stronger. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, in this part, He's saying, He that is in you is greater than He that is in the. Well, The issue here is world. Let's define what it means. Okay? So the Greek word used there is cosmos. And it, 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 it does mean the universe, but it has another special meaning to it that I find very interesting in the Bible. It means the systems or the order of the world. Do you understand? The systems or the order that is in the world. Hello? You see, Jesus said, go into all the world, Matthew 28, 19, preach the good news, right? Yeah. He meant infiltrate every system that is in the world. Mm-hmm. Get to every ethnic group, get to every system that is in the world. That's why we need Christians in business and politics and in everything else. Every system. Simply. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. He that is in the systems of the world. Do you guys understand this? For clarity, an example can be drawn from Matthew 5, Matthew 4, 8 to 9. Just let me read this and listen. This is Jesus' temptation, the third one. Verse 8. And the third time the accuser lifted Jesus up into a very high mountain range and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and all the splendor that goes with it. All of these kingdoms I will give to you, the accuser said. If only you will kneel down before me and worship me. Do you remember the story? Jesus in the wilderness, tempted by the devil. And in this temptation, the devil takes him okay, to a place and shows him the kingdoms of the world you guys understand this? Two words. The kingdoms, one, of the world. The world. Right? So he shows him the power of, behind the systems of the world. The kingdoms, meaning what? Power. Meaning authority. So he says, all this, I have the power to control this if you kneel to me, it will be given to you. You guys now get what I'm trying to say. So, he that is in the world is revealed as well in that example. The one who is carrying the power behind the systems that are operating in what the Bible is calling the world is revealed in that example. Some translations call him the accuser, some translations are just straightforward calling him the devil. Amen. It is also revealed in the Word of God, in uh, 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4, it calls Satan the God of this world, same word again, I'm using several examples so you understand, Second Corinthians 4 verse 4 says, Satan who is the God of this world has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. Satan, the God of this? Yeah. So when the Bible says, he that is in you, you understand it is Christ and his kingdom in you. Oh, God and his kingdom in you. Is greater than he that is in the world. Who's in the world? The God, small g, of this world. Satan. Do you understand? Are you with me? Yes. So, when we begin to talk about overcoming the world, there's no way we're going to overcome the world without understanding he that runs the system and overcoming him. Mm -hmm. That's what Jesus said. Remember when we were reading last week in Luke 11? I cannot take the spoils from this place unless the strong man who guards the house, the fortress, is bound. Then I can take the spoils. So if we want to win many people to, to know Christ and to come to Christ, I've just read a scripture that says the reason they' are not coming to Christ is because he that runs the system in the world has what blinded them. Spiritual language, he has cast veils in their eyes. So people cannot see Christ. You see sometimes even Jesus can show up physically and people will still not see him. Do you understand? it's not enough you know people say some things like oh you know why doesn't god just show up and and and, and show up in the street and do some stuff and, and then people many people will believe him it happened before in the bible he showed up and still they denied him and they crucified him until their veils are removed until he that is in the world is defeated and overcome do you understand then the eyes of the people are not open. Mm. Do you understand? Now, if the kingdom is within you, then to expand the kingdom, I talked about this last week again, to expand the kingdom, you just have to overcome the world around you and within you. Hello? See, let me give you this example in the Bible because the Bible uses these examples a lot that the kingdom of God is a seed. It's like a seed. So if it's like a seed, when you plant it into a bare ground, okay? The ground is bare and you plant a seed. For that seed to increase and take over that area it first of all has to defeat itself, it's own shell. It has to die in the ground. And begin to rise, and then defeat the environment around it, right? And we know some seeds fail, right? Because it's too hot. You know, have you seen people's grass now? You know, yeah. In my neighborhood, there's some great gardeners, you know, but we're very equal right now, you know, because because the grass is is yeah, it's that color, not green. I don't know what color it is. Yeah? when the conditions change the seed suffers uh-huh. now look at the seed as the kingdom of God in you and for the kingdom of God in you to begin to cover the earth this is what God wants to do you must, have, first of all hello defeat you your own self and your own hindrances that are in you and then the second thing this is what I'm calling the world within you must die must change the worldly lifestyle within you must die the Bible says if any man is in Christ he's a new creature the old is gone, and the new has come so the old must go really do you understand Paul encourages and he says you should no longer walk according to the flesh but according to the Holy Spirit you understand so the flesh must die really you should no longer walk according to the sinful nature. So, you're no longer operating according to the dictates of the sinful nature. What well, that means, you don't operate because, you're, you, because, of, of, because of your desires physically or de- your desires in, inside you. You operate because of God's desires in you. And how many know that's a challenge? Take some time to your desires to be in God's presence. Hello? Because God says, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are higher than yours. But as the rain comes from the heavens, so are my words. Jeremiah 55. Do you guys understand this? So he says, my words are not your ways. The way I do things is not like you. The way I think is not like you. You cannot bridge the gap. It's just not like you. But here is a solution. I will send my word and it will be like rain. When it comes like rain and it hits the ground, if you receive that rain, it will bear fruit. You see what I'm talking about? But the ground must die to the rain. I can go on and on giving you examples. In Matthew 13, Jesus talks about the parable of the sower. Some seed fell on stony ground. Some seed fell on hard paths. Some seed fell on yet thorny ground and some seed fell on good ground. Do you guys understand this? Mm -hmm. And he goes on to say, the ground is the hearts of men. Because some people, when they receive the word of God, they do not actually believe it. And so the enemy steals it. But those that believe it and do it are good ground. Are you with me? Are you with me? so. So, the world within you must be overcome for the kingdom to manifest listen, listen, the bible says let me give you an example of what I'm really talking about the bible says the kingdom of God is righteousness peace and, holy ghost. and joy in the holy ghost Yeah, righteousness, peace and joy in the holy ghost now you want to see righteousness peace and joy manifest and increase in your own life the world in you must continue to die yeah. you want to see righteousness peace and joy reign in your family the world around you guys must begin to die in your own family. Mm. Yeah. Now you want to see righteousness, peace, and joy reign in the city, then the world within the city must be overcome. Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. That's what we're talking about. Amen? Amen. Now, to give an example, you see, there's some guys that came up with a wonderful model. Uh, I don't know whether you've heard of Bill Bright. And and, uh, and I can forget the name of the lady which is not very uh it's Cunningham, the second name, Cunningham. Uh, she started she founded uh, Youth with a Mission. Okay, why will one of those ladies uh, Youth with a Mission, how many have them of Youth with a Mission? Okay, how many have been of Kapas present for Christ? Okay, that's that's another event. That's another mission that was started by a guy called Bill Bright. The two of them came up with this model where they talk about the seven mountains of society. Now most of you have heard of that. you just didn't know who did it. you've heard of it right? Seven mountains of society. Now they talk about the seven spheres. their theory is that and, and, and is that or their thesis really is that you see if we are to preach the kingdom of God to this world, we must be strategic. so we must understand that there are seven. Spheres of influence in this world that we need to start preaching to and start infiltrating. Because those are the seven spheres the enemy is also using to preach his gospel. If you would call it gospel already, let's remove the word gospel because it's not good news. Preach his word to the people. Do you understand? And so they list seven spheres. They list, And you, when you start looking at the spheres, you understand, yeah, 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 it does make sense. The first sphere they list is, is religion. How many know that religion has been used for evil for many years? To oppress people and to, 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 you know, to, to, to do some of the craziest things that have ever been done. Actually, some of the worst things that have ever been done on earth is in the name of religion. Education. How many know that the education system is, 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 is always under threat? Curriculums are always infiltrated with strange things. Any dictator that wants to, 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 to take over a nation in history infiltrates the curriculum, changes the curriculum, not even infiltrates it, changes it, changes the curriculum in that nation and indoctrinates kids when they're young. And they grow up under oppression. Nowadays, it is infiltrated in everywhere with all types of educations. Hello? Yeah, Watch what your children are learning. Don't just sit and, and never look at what they are learning. Hello? Because you'll be shocked at the, the sex education they are learning. It will shock you. You'll be shocked at what the other stuff that they are learning and, and the, the redefining of love right now. There's a redefining of love which sounds very harmless. And nice and it's very inclusive kind of you know love. They redefine love to such an extent that people will lose their own boundaries. That's right. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Wow. I'm not going to do that. The other mountain is media. You guys understand? Yeah. Woo! I don't have to say much. Everybody has a TV. At least most of you have a TV. You know what I'm talking about. Media is always, it's always being used. You see, there's, not, there's no such thing as neutral television. I don't know where people think there's anything like that. that it's, it's just neutral. That's what the BBC has been fighting to be. But it, it can never be. Because there's an editor and there's a bunch of people in charge of it ceases to be neutral. There is human bias. Even you as a human being, you can never be neutral. It doesn't matter how we train you. You, can ne- you have your own biases. Hello? Hi. If you have become the editor of the newspaper, any newspaper, it begins to carry stories that agree with your biases carry a story that looks like it doesn't agree the angle from which you carry it always agrees with the way you see things hello Hi. media there's arts and entertainment i don't need to explain that you understand what's happening in the entertainment world i'm talking about the systems of the world <laughs> then there's government we understand government is another big mountain, right? If wrong people are in power, the Bible says, when the righteous prosper, the city rejoices, the wicked perish their shouts of joy. If wrong people are in power, people just perish. Then there is the last one, business and commerce. Okay? Finance. If the enemy controls finance in a territory, guess what will be funded? The things of the kingdom of darkness. We will not fund things to do with righteousness, things to do with the promoting the peace in the world. They are not well funded if the enemy in an area takes over business. That's why, children of God, you must understand, in all these seven areas there is contention. We need saved teachers. We need teachers that not just saved, that understand that they are there also for the sake of the kingdom. And that's the first reason. We need businessmen that understand they are in business for the sake of the kingdom. Do you guys understand? Mm -hmm. We need media people that understand they are there because of the kingdom of God. Even in entertainment, we need people that understand they are there because they are there to stand for the kingdom of God. Ah. Come on. You know, you should be saying I'm here, if that's one of your areas. So I'll go again. We need people in education. Come on, governors. Come on, come on. Say amen. (laughs) We need people. (laughs) Hallelujah. In all these areas, we need people. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. Media, we need people. In arts entertainment, we need people. We need people that go there with this understanding. I'm here because of the kingdom of God. God. Mm. This is wonderful. I we I was sitting down listening to this. Now listen, let me now go into this aspect that I want to talk about. Satan has organized himself to run the systems of the Earth. Jesus said, "The devil does not fight himself." That's what he said. I paraphrase, but that's what he said. He doesn't fight himself. His kingdom is not divided. What does it mean? What's the opposite of that? His kingdom is organized. It's organized. Now, in, in. We read in Ephesians last week. Let's just read there so we understand the organization of this kingdom. Ephesians chapter 6, 10 to 13. It's organized. I promise that I'll talk a little bit more today about, about demons. Now the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, 10 to 13, it says, Now, my beloved ones, I have saved these most important truths for last, but be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. Verse 11, Ephesians 6, verse 11. Put on God's complete set of armor provided for us so that we will be protected as you will be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. Your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. Because of this, you must wear all the armor that God provides so you are protected as you confront the slanderer. For you are destined for all things and will rise victorious. Amen. 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 We wrestle not against patient blood this is a more classic interpretation of that. And then it begins to mention, we wrestle against principalities. We wrestle against authorities. Hello? We wrestle against demon gods. And we wrestle against evil spirits. Amen. Now last week I showed you three things. I showed you, one, the, the way the enemy is organized. He that is in the world is organized in a way that there is a hierarchical structure. The very thing that the devil wanted to be is the thing he still pursues. Mm -hmm. Let's go to Ezekiel 28 and I'll show you. The very thing that he wanted to be is the thing that he pursues. Okay, because I mentioned it, I'll do it. Okay, Ezekiel 28, if you're with me. And we're going to read, from, we're going to just pick it up from, uh, and then I'll explain why it's called that. Let's just read from verse 1. This is a prophecy against the king of Tyre. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, said to the ruler of Tyre, this is what the sovereign Lord says. In the pride of your heart you say, I am a God. I sit on the throne of a God, in the heart of the sea. But you are a mere mortal and not a God. Though you think you are as wise as a God, are you wiser than Daniel? Is no secret hidden from you? By your wisdom and understanding you have gained wealth for yourself and amassed gold and silver in your treasures. By your great skill in trading, you have increased your wealth, and because of your wealth, your heart has grown proud. Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Now, the story changes there. Because you think you are wise, as wise as a god, I'm going to bring foreigners against you. The most ruthless of nations, they will draw their weapons against you, your beauty and wisdom and pierce your shining splendor. They will bring you down to the pit, and you will die a violent death in the heart of the sea. Will you then say, "I am a god" in the presence of those who kill you? You will be but a mortal, not a god. In the hands of those who slay you, you will die the death of the uncircumcised at the hands of foreigners. Ooh, you don't want to be on God's wrong side. Hmm. Now let's read from verse 13. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone adorned you. Canadian, chrysolite, Emerald, Topaz, Onyx, Jasper, Lapis, Lazuli, Turquoise, and pearl. Your settings and mountains were made of gold. On the day you were created, they were prepared. You were anointed as a guardian cherub. Amazing how the story has changed. For so I ordained you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked among the fiery stones. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till wickedness was found in you. Through your widespread trade, you were filled with violence and you sinned. So I drove you in disgrace from the mount of God, and I expelled you, guardian cherub, from a mound of fiery stones. I'm not going to continue reading. But there's a story change there. There's a shift. When you begin to read at the beginning, God is addressing, and it sounds like he's speaking to a man, because he's saying, you are a mere mortal. You are not a God. You have lifted yourself up, and I'm going to deal with you. You're going to die a bad death. I'm dealing with you. I'm judging you. I'm sending enemies against you. Then it shifts. He begins to address something spiritual behind this system. Hello. Hi. You find the same in Isaiah 14. He begins to address the spiritual force behind this king of Tyre. You get me? Hello. Hi. And when he begins to address this force, he begins to say, "You were an anointed cherub, mm-hmm. or cherub. Yeah. Now we've talked about cherubim, right? Mm-hmm. We talked about angels. You guys understand." He says, You dwelt among the fire, the stones of fire. We talked about cherubs, and I told you there is fire. Yeah? So you see, so this is where the understanding and the argument that Satan was a cherub, Lucifer was a cherub. And, 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 and because he sinned against God, God drove him out of that position and cast him to the earth. Do you understand? Do you understand? I began by telling you about the systems of the world and he who runs the systems of the world. So for me it is not strange that God would begin judging a man and end up judging the enemy. The spirit behind the man. I'm not quite sure you guys get this. You get it? Awesome. We read in Revelation let's read there again. I'm reading a lot of scriptures because with this subject, if I don't, it might just not work in your favor. Let's read Revelation again, 12, 7 to 9. And then I'm going to begin winding down. Revelation 12, 7 to 9. It says, Then a terrible war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the great dragon. The dragon and his angels fought back. But the dragon did not have the power to win, and they could not regain their place in heaven. So the great dragon was thrown down once and for all. He was the serpent. The ancient snake caught the devil, and satan, who deceives the whole, that word comes again. He was cast down into the earth, and his angels along with him. Amen. Yeah. Now I'm showing you enough that kind of begins to settle what I'm trying to talk about here. So, when he was cast down, the reason he was cast down is because he began to exalt himself and wanted to take the place of God. Alright? So even when he was cast down to the earth, he decided he's still gonna be God. So, no wonder the, Bible, the writers of old calls him the God of this world. Because now he has set himself up like God, and he had angels that were cast down with him. You have that understanding? Yeah. The angels that were cast down with him have formed government with him. When you come in Ephesians chapter 6 and you begin to read about principalities, rulers, and powers... These are the fallen angelic beings that have set government with the devil. You understand? Mm. Now, whereas the devil has set himself as a God who rules over this and over the whole territories of the earth, I'm going to qualify that in a moment so you see what Jesus really did when he died on the cross. So he set himself up as a god, and he has a government with him of angels in the heavenlies, the Bible calls it. Which just simply means the realm, the unseen realm. What are these principalities and rulers doing? Now, I don't have time to literally go into every detail. We'll do that when we do part two. But I will show you uh, just a little bit. What they are doing is they are ruling over territories. Do you understand? The number one difference you will find between principalities, powers and these authorities in the heavenly places and demons, I'm going to come to that, is that these are rulers of territories. In the book of Daniel, we are introduced to something called the prince of Persia. Was Persia not a kingdom? It Was it in a geographical area? It was. And it had a prince ruling over it such that this priest fought the angel gabriel when he was sent to come and speak to daniel so these angels have the fallen angels have set themselves under satan the as rulers of territories do you guys understand rulers of spheres so when we talk territories we're not just talking about territory as geographical but we're also talking in terms of spheres systems of the world. So there are principalities of media. There's something called the prince of the power of the air. You've read about that? You will enjoy this when we do the, the proper in-depth study one day. The prince of the power of the air. Now those of old when they read this, they maybe couldn't grasp what the prince of the power of the air, what is this? But us We should understand very well because the airwaves have become very important. Oh, with the coming of the internet and all the electronic communications, you understand why strategically the enemy has to have a prince operating in that realm. To make all sorts of nonsense readily available. There are princes running territories. Do you understand? And the territories might be a territory like the city hall, the city, the Kingston upon hall. It might be a territory also as a part of the city, but it can also be a territory as in terms of a sphere of influence. <coughs> this is why sometimes you, when you walk into your city, uh, you find brothels gather in the same place. There's a prince there operating. Controlling the territory. Sometimes you move into an area and all of a sudden you find there's witchcraft so much in that area. There's a prince operating in that territory. Do you guys understand? Yeah. Hello? Uh. You know, if we understand how to explain things spiritually, this is why they are, sometimes there are certain places that are just like, it's not because... Have you ever gone at a certain place and it's not because the road is warped or there's a blind spot, but it's just an accident spot? It's like, why? Why is this place... Why? I remember I had an accident before in Leeds. <laughs> this year, right? And when I had the accident in that place, the guys that ran to me said to me, Ha, this place. There was another accident this morning okay, what's going on here? Hello? There are territories. There are princes in the territories. Areas where you live, there may be princes in that territory. And, but by what we are doing, we begin to understand and begin to expose that. If you open your spiritual eyes, you might be shocked at how much maybe divorce is happening just around you, just around you. And, and you're thinking, hey, What's going on? Sometimes it's a territorial spirit just disrupting families in that area. Do you understand? Not all the times, but sometimes it is. Sometimes it's people just getting on drugs, Just drugs. You know? It's a stronghold. Sociologists will even tell you about things like that, about, you know, such areas and what is happening and, you know, social experiments. I can start weeping out of you, but I'm not going there. But... They will tell you a lot of things, you know. And this is how they, they, they created something called the broken windows theory. How many know that? Mm-hmm. You know. And areas and, all that, and we can explain it in terms of behavior. But if you open your eyes also spiritually, you can explain it in terms of. Just like the king of Tyre had the devil behind him. This behavior that is predominant in this area has a principality over it. Hello? You're with me? Mm. Now, under the principalities then come these demons. What are demons? I've talked a little bit about this before. What are demons? According to the Bible, it calls them evil spirits. Hello? That means they are spirits. They are disembodied spirits. Now there's many theories as to what they are. Where do they come from? There is many theories. Okay, I can't go into details of the theories. Okay, some say it is the very same fallen angels that are actually operating as demons on the earth. Whilst that is plausible, the quickest criticism of that theory might be: but angels had. Have never possessed a human being. Angels don't enter into a person. Hello? Uh. By nature. Angels, they have celestial bodies, they have their own bodies.
1: So that's the quickest
0: criticism you can give to that theory. There is some truth in it when you look at it, but then you begin to understand. they don't, they don't quite sound like angels in the way they operate. If you go home and think about it, and see how angels operate, and see what happens when Jesus is casting out demons, you will find, like, okay, it doesn't quite sound like he's dealing with an angelic being. It feels like he's just dealing with a spirit. Hello? Hi. The other thing is that the Bible uses the word fallen angels for fallen angels. And then it uses evil spirits or demon for demons. That's another one. So it uses the word in Revelation fallen angels for fallen angels. Do you guys understand? And it uses evil spirit or demon for what? For demons. The third thing I will say about that is that in the Greek, where this word demon comes from, it is dia, um, okay? <clears throat> diamon. Okay? They, diamon. They had a tradition of looking at this word in two levels. So they would look at diamon and then they would look at diaminion. Okay? Like minions? Yeah. So they would look at the the smaller ones. So they said the diamond was was the the goddess, was the god-level demon, the big spiritual forces that were controlling. Actually, the word means controlling destinies. So they believed in their mythology that these controlled destinies. They assigned destiny to people. So they called them gods, demon gods, diamond. Then they said these ones had small ones. They are minions. All right? The problem in the English, that's not differentiated in the Bible. Hello. Uh. But you would call the diamonds as the principalities, the rulers, the powers. Now, I know I've mis- mixed their definitions there, because they are different definitions: principalities, rulers and powers. Some of the stuff I've talked about is about powers, like controlling an area with prostitution. That's a power. Okay. territorial, geographically begins to be a principality but we'll get into that later hello uh, wow, I need to finish I cannot finish there I cannot finish talking about demons, why should I finish when I'm talking about demons, I should finish talking about Christ, right? yeah, yeah you understand, yeah. that's yeah. the way it works so for that, I will leave it there next week I will continue, okay, in terms of what are for? That's the first theory I've given you. There's several other theories. I will get into them next week. Okay? About what are demons really. But what I really want you to understand from today is the fact that he that is in you is greater than he that is in them. In the world, there is a devil and his kingdom. For so his kingdom, including him, his principalities, and his demons. And the Bible says, he that is in you is greater. Iqbal. What you do is cast demons out. Let us finish on Luke chapter 10, 17 to 21. I will remember where I left off this one. I left it off at describing the theories behind where demons come from. You understand why I'm telling you I have to do this series in two parts. Otherwise we'll be talking about demons for the whole year. And that's not healthy at all. (laughs) (laughs) All Alright. So Luke chapter 10, 17 to 21. I'll read this. This is the last scripture. I will read and we're going to finish. When the seventy missionaries returned to Jesus. I'm reading the Passion Translation. They were ecstatic with joy. Telling him, Lord, even the demons obeyed us. When we commanded them in your name, they were happy. It's the first time it's happening. They said, "Come out," and it came out. Hello. <laughs> Verse eighteen. Jesus replied, "Well, you were ministering. I watched Satan topple until he fell suddenly from heaven like lightning to the ground. Now you understand." that I have imparted to you all my authority to trample over his kingdom. You will trample upon every demon before you and overcome every power Satan possesses. Absolutely nothing will be able to harm you as you walk in this authority. However, your real source of joy isn't merely that these spirits submit to your authority, but that your names are written in the journals of heaven and that you belong to God's kingdom. This is the true source of your authority. Now, I love this 21 so much. Then Jesus, overflowing with the Holy Spirit's anointing of joy, exclaimed, Jesus is happy. He says, Father, thank you, for you are Lord supreme over heaven and earth. You have hidden the great revelation of this authority from those who are proud. Hello? those wise in their own eyes and you have shared it with these who humbled themselves. Yes father, this is what pleases your heart and the very way you have chosen to extend your kingdom to give to those who become like trusting children. Ah, Let us begin the finishing there. Ekbalo means expel demons. Expelling demons Directly Makes Satan fall Have you seen in that story? Jesus says As you guys were casting out Demons, I saw Satan So you see, when you go into an area We can talk about principalities Talk about Satan and you begin to worry Yourself too much. Now listen When you go into an area and you Start preaching and you start advancing the kingdom of God. And you begin to drive out demons. That makes Satan fall in that place. Hello? Hi. Your job is not to begin to find Satan. Where are you? Where are you? We know he's not omnipresent. Okay? If he's not in home right now, I mean if he's in New York, he's not in home. The devil is not God. God is omnipresent. You know, if he's, in, if he's in, I don't know, I'm not going to mention your country here. You might just shoot me. But you get me. If he's in London, he's not here. So your job is not to find Satan, hunt Satan, no. And from that understanding, you must have this understanding. The Bible has this tendency of addressing Satan and saying Satan did, when, when you have actually dealt with a, a demon. Because it is him behind the demon. Alright? So, when you cast out demons, you have directly made certain hope in that place. Are you with me? Yes. Number two, Ekbal, expelling demons, destroys Satan's kingdom. That's what Jesus said. He was happy, like, yes! Okay, be happy that your names are written in heaven. But he was happy. Like, yes, Father, this is what you wanted. He says, this is what I wanted you to find. That you know, you have authority, you guys, to trample the kingdom of Satan. How does he know they have authority and they have received it? Because they have just cast out demons. When you cast out demons, you destroy the power of Satan. Sometimes we waste our time too much with, with anal- analysis and what, when, when, when we need to be driving out demons. I don't know. If you are living in an area and it is rampant with prostitution, rampant with drug addiction, how about beginning to address the demons behind that? Because that's what's going to destroy that kingdom of Satan that is building in that area. Hello? Hi. Hello? You hear me? Mm-hmm. If, if you suspect there's witchcraft that has operated in your family before. And by the way, let me, t- let me tell you. Witchcraft is a demon. is a spirit. It does not always mean there's a witch behind it. Sometimes it's just, a, you know, the demon of lust? It's just a demon. It can come and cause you to have lust, right? Witchcraft also, the demon, can just come and bewitch you by itself without a human being involved. Sometimes, there are human beings involved.
1: So sometimes,
0: if you discover your family, they say you have been bewitched. I <laughs> doubt you know. Sometimes, you just know. You look at your family. People work so hard. I remember praying over a person. And I said, "Look, you, in your family, people work so hard. How come nobody is successful? Spirit of witchcraft. Listen. How about you begin to drive that demon out and then you will make the kingdom the devil is building for. You hear me? Mm -hmm. Also, the third thing that scripture reveals is that driving out demons brings joy to Jesus. (laughs) I don't know how to put that in a way. that, But you get it. Jesus was happy when he saw the people he sent dealing with the devil. I recently heard of a story. I told you about the story of this woman, a friend of ours. She's getting ready. She's going to come and share her story. She went to heaven recently. And, and, and you know that friend of ours I was talking about? Yeah. So she's going to come. But she, she, and, and she gave us this story. She says one challenge that the, the angel that was with her in heaven gave her was that he said to her, you are a pastor and you people are not doing the work of Jesus. And says, so she says, What do you mean? What do you mean? She's a very feisty person, right? So, so, so even in heaven, I think mean, she was being feisty, I can't understand. She says, What do you mean? And the angel said to her, When did you last cast out a demon? And she said, Oh, my goodness, that just broke her. He says, When did you last go? I and mean, when did you last cast out a demon? In in your church and in your ministry. And that just broke her because she knew what he meant. He says, you are preaching, you are building churches, but you are not doing the works of Jesus. I'll leave that there. But do you understand then why Jesus is happy when the 72 return and they say, We are casting out demons? And he's, he's, I've never seen Jesus happy like this in the scriptures. The Bible says he, the joy of the Holy Ghost was in him and he was so happy and he was like, Father, I thank you. Because that's his work. We have to drive out the kingdom. Of darkness right. there is no way of driving out the kingdom of darkness by negotiation mm-hmm. you drive out the kingdom of darkness by casting out demons because yeah. they are the minions of the kingdom of darkness mm-hmm. they are everywhere and they are influencing and they are carrying out things that holding people from worshiping God mm-hmm. lifting wrong things promoting wrong things
1: mm-hmm. hello
0: Hi. Hi, you guys are very dangerous people. Because when you get out of here, you know what to do. Yeah. You say, I don't care. Any demon that lives in here, you are out. Yes. You hear me? Yeah. It cannot have you. It cannot live in your spirit, you're saved. It cannot live in your flesh because you have surrendered to Jesus. You should forbid it. Because okay. sometimes, even if you're saved, they come and sit in your flesh. Wow. <laughs> just cast it out right just cast it out wow you- come on <laughs> let's finish let's finish the egg belongs to those who will simply go and command demons out and not analyze I've talked about this right faith like children Ekbalo is the method chosen by God to extend his kingdom. Our authority, this is the last bit and I finish. Our authority is anchored in our intimacy with heaven. That's where our fullness is. Amen. Amen. Because your name is written in the book of life, you are known in heaven and you maintain intimacy with the heavenly father then you will always have authority over him that is in the world. Amen. Let's get up. So there's two things, two charges I will give you if you can. Number one, seek intimacy with heaven. Because this is what anchors you with authority. Seek intimacy with God the Father. Seek intimacy with Jesus. Seek to know Jesus. Love Jesus. Do you guys understand? Love Jesus. Mm -hmm. Desire Jesus. Mm -hmm. Go in your prayer closet sometimes and just say, Jesus, I just want to know you. I want to have a knowledge of you that sets me above every principality and every power. Seek to know Jesus. Because sometimes we waste too much of our prayer time always just asking for things to change. Asking for things to change. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, but there is a time for that. There's also a time for seeking to just know him. Jesus, it is you I want. It is you I love. I love you. I want you. I want to know you. If you seek intimacy with Jesus, when you open your Bible and you begin to read, that I may know you, O God, that I may become one with you, that I may become like you, As you seek intimacy, your authority rises as a person. Are you with me? The second thing I will charge you to do, and this is the last thing, is drive out demons. After you seek intimacy with God, ekbalo, expel demons. You hear me? Expel demons. Let people think you are mad. It doesn't really matter. But expel them. If you see so much luck coming in your family, all of a sudden so much luck, you stand up and you say devil, I know your tricks. You are sending demons to destroy my resources. I command every demon of poverty out. I come off of my money. Expel demons. Do not entertain things. Sometimes sickness comes because there is a demon sent. Not all the time, but sometimes. Listen, but there is nothing wrong when you feel ill to rise up and say, Hey, any demon causing sickness right now, I command you off of me. Out of my life. Out of my body. Out of my house. Expel demons. And then if you're going to go and minister to people and rich people in this city, learn to deal with demons that are blinding people. Learn to say, every demon causing blindness in my workmates, I bind you, I command you out. Learn to say, every demon causing blindness in my family, I command you out. Learn to say that so that when you minister